In today's episode, we are answering your questions. We have a Q&A bowl style podcast today for you talking about life hacks, things that we've learned throughout the course of our life, things that have helped us develop a better mindset, things that we do in the gym, how we handle motherhood and lessons in mom life. We also talk about some food substitutions, how not to let stress take over your life and your decisions and how to manage all of the things day to day. So we hope you enjoy. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello, happy almost February. I cannot believe it's insane. Tomorrow, tomorrow's February. It's insane. Like, thank goodness, because I hate the beginning of the year. Like, I hate the months. They're cold. They're dreary. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not a fun time in Chicago. Um, but I'm hoping we can escape this winter without, like, we haven't had any major snow. Mm-mm. And I think last year this happened too. And then we had like a lot of major snow towards the end of February. So I'm hoping that I'm not jinxing myself, but I don't, I don't know why I live here. I don't like snow. I don't like the cold. I'm planning. Illinois sucks. I'm planning Art's 40th birthday as I was texting you about earlier and all of the pictures of palm trees and the beach. It just makes me so happy. I'm like, Mm -hmm. but we're going there in July because that's when his birthday is. So (laughs) it's going to be hot here too, (laughs) but it's more about the place, you know, and the people. So and today is the first day that my children will be in daycare for like what feels like an eternity, about two and a half weeks. It's a long time. Yep. It's that's a long time to have two small children at home and try to work. This is literally deja vu because last Monday we talked about Marcus getting to go back to school and he Thank was home you. for six oh weeks. Goodness. I don't know how you guys have done it because obviously one is one thing. Two is yeah. a completely different game. It's like trying to align their nap schedule. Yeah. It's been a lot. And I will say, I kind of feel like I have to like go to bed early tonight because I've been waking up just a little bit later to work out because obviously like I don't have to get them ready. I don't have to get them up. Mm -hmm. I don't have to get them to school. And so now I need to like, I feel like it's my first day of school where you like feel like you have to prepare everything and get everything ready the night before and like (laughs) lay out your clothes. So I'm going to be, hopefully, I have a lot of, Liz and I are actually podcasting out Sunday right now because we weren't able to get this in the week before because- Life is crazy. Life is crazy. Yep. So we are doing this on Sunday. It's been a great day. I know you got up, worked out, went to church. We did the reverse laundry, Mm -hmm. church, workout. And then I just ran to Costco. Really excited about these kombuchas that I just got. If you guys shop at Costco, you guys know I love Costco. They have so many cool things coming in stock, Mm -hmm. some new things. That's how how I feel about Target. Target Mm -hmm. has so many good things. And I found in their freezer section yesterday, so I am a French toast person. Like if you give me French toast, pancakes, or waffles, I will choose French toast. And I found these frozen French toasts that are like ancient grain. The ingredients are actually really good. Um, they're a little bit dense in terms of calories, but if you have one slice, I think it's only like 120 calories or 110 calories or something like that. So anyways, I'm very excited. I had one yesterday and it was really good. It's like a cinnamony and you put it in the microwave. I'm all about ease, but yeah. Target, man. Target freezer section yeah. has so many good things. And 
I haven't even told you this yet, but yesterday, no, this morning, one of our clients messaged me that Target is also now carrying cinnamon roll coffee creamer, oat milk creamer. So I got to go over there and check that out. And I did see your story last night with the friendship. So I'm excited to maybe grab some of those. That's not too bad. I mean, I do the gluten-free waffles that are the mm-hmm. um, Kashi or Vans, and they're about 110, 115 calories each. So that's not too bad. Somebody yeah. asked me the other day, why do you use your air fryer in the morning when you're making coffee? And I said, well, that's what I put my waffles in. I Waffle toast in. them <laughs> in the air fryer. <laughs> Depends oh. on what's out. If the toaster's out, I use the toaster. But if the air fryer's out, I just use the air fryer. Yeah, I almost Same bought thing. A new air fryer today at Costco, but I refrained. It was not a necessity, not a need, so <laughs> just kept going. I, you guys, I can't, need. I can't go to Costco by myself because I don't follow the no, list. You cannot, you cannot. Nick and I, Nick, Nick asked yesterday if we should go to Costco because we were like trying to get the kids out of the house, and I was like, I don't know. I feel like Costco always turns into <laughs> way too much money, and so instead we went to Target, which was no better. It ended up being we got like Carson wanted this Cookie Monster onesie. And so we got him that. He wore that to bed last night. We got him other PJs. I bought, um, he needed swim trunks because we're going to Arizona in a couple weeks and then we're going to a trip in March. So like, of course, you just end up buying a bunch of random stuff that you do not need. That is the epitome of Target. It is the epitome of Target. You buy things you do not need. It's a great marketing ploy Target. But yeah, that was was yesterday. Easy 250 bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do. So, so easy to do. I love Target. I could spend hours in there just browsing. Sometimes I used I to do that. Touch the clothes. Really? No, didn't, didn't even touch the clothes. No. All right. Can you talk about your shirt that you wore backwards? Because I want to understand how yes. this shirt should be worn forwards. Well, I think you're probably supposed to wear a tank top underneath it. So I got this shirt for Christmas. It's from Kalia, which I think is Carrie Underwood's mm-hmm. brand. Um, and it's really soft. It's like this pink sweater, super soft. And I think it's supposed to be able to be worn front or back, but it mm. did have a tag on it. And so it's one of those that's like, you know, an open back, like kind of like a V shape basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming if you wear it normal ways, you wear a tank top underneath it. Cause otherwise it's just like, Hey, I'm naked mm-hmm. underneath this basically. So, um, but I wore it backwards yesterday. It's, it's pretty cute. Super cute. Pretty cute. Worn backwards. I'm not gonna lie. I went on Amazon cause I was at the nail place when I saw it and I was like, Oh, let's just browse some open back shirts. I found one that was cute. It's like 19 bucks. So I ordered it. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. This is what I- happens when I'm left to my own devices. I'm at the nail salon getting a pedicure. I'm just like scrolling on my phone and then into a whole insurance debacle, but that's a story for another day. So it wasn't uh, as relaxing as I would have hoped that it would have been, but it's okay. No. <laughs> so anyways, we are diving in today. We have a bowl style Q&A. You guys know that we love to answer your questions. And so we got some really good ones. Um, these are not really related to any particular topic. So it's kind of a variety today. And one of the questions, and I really liked this one, honestly, I thought this was really creative. It was from one of our clients, Courtney. She asked about life hacks that you've learned through each phase uh, as being a mom, you know, with nutrition, your own nutritional journeys, weight loss journeys, food substitutions, gym life, because you guys know that we love to lift, cooking, and just life in general. So I kind of, you know, wrote some things out here and we'll just kind of ad lib it today because I think this is this is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will be really fun. So life hacks, you know, through each phase of life. So I think in general, we can start with just like 
in life, what are some of the biggest things that you have learned? What are some of the most helpful things? And I, Liz and I are obviously going to gear this towards like health and fitness um, because that is what we do. We help people be healthier and happier and more confident. Um, so I would say in life, the probably the number, like there's, there's a lot guys. I, I'm like in my brain, I'm already racking a million things that I want to say, like so many quotes, so many inspirational things. Um, but at the end of the day, you are the only person in control of your life. And I think that we need other people. We need support. We need, you know, a community to an extent. We need, I think, growing up, being on sports teams helped me a lot. Like you need other people in your corner, but no one is making the decisions for you. And if you want something in your life, you are going to have to go and get it. Yep. Again, I think that there can be people that can help you along that way. I think that you can have mentors and coaches and you should to help guide you because it will make that process a lot faster and a lot less painful. Um, but there's still going to be pain to it. There's still going to be frustration to it. And so like, no, if you are struggling to get what you want right now, it is because you are not taking control of where you want to be. And it's a hard truth, but that's probably like the number one lesson I have learned in life is you have to do it. Whatever it is, whatever that thing is, maybe it's a lot of things, you have to be the one to do it. And I think that motherhood teaches you that. Yes. More than anything. In many, many ways. And I'm going to add to that. I think you just have to recognize that you have to take responsibility for the things that you didn't do or the things that you did do, right? Because like you said, you are the only one that's in control of your life. A big thing that I have learned over the course of my life is to get rid of toxicity. Anything that is taking away good energy and not bringing me joy, it's not serving me, it's not serving my goals, I want it out of my life. Toxic relationships, toxic people, social media accounts, the news, right? Um, it could be a coworker or employees that you have. One of my favorite quotes from you know human resources is hire slow, fire fast. If they're toxic to the team, they're bringing your culture down, they got to go. You got to get the right people on the bus. And then I also think when it comes to your family, I'm very thankful that I have a good family, but I know a lot of people struggle with this because they can have toxic family members. You might need to distance yourself from them because again, that crab in the bucket analogy that I've used on the podcast several times before, everybody has to stand on their own and recognize that they are the only person that can control what comes in and what goes out. And so get rid of the toxicity, flood your life with positive, listen to podcasts, listen to motivational speakers, read books, do all of those things that bring you joy and you know, find a hobby, find things that fill, fill your cup up. Because at the end of the day, life is too short to live in a toxic environment or have people that- You are a thousand percent a product of your environment, guys. Mm -hmm. Like- if you only hang out with people that drink every weekend and always want to go out to eat, like you are going to turn into that no matter how hard you try. Like it is just, you are a product of your environment. And I, I extend that to what Liz was saying, what you consume, like the news that I, all that I read and listen to is inspirational educational stuff because I want my environment. I want what's going into my brain to be things that are helping me grow not things that are bringing me down or things that like, yeah, I, I think that they're to an extent like Emily in Paris and trashy Netflix shows have their place, but most of what you consume should be things that are constructive for you and your life and helping you grow, especially if you're not in a place where you're very happy right now. So mm -hmm. you are 100% a product of your environment. So check your environment. 
Yep. See what it's giving you. Yeah. And I think too, when I look at books that I like to read or consume, because I can't read about nutrition all the time, right? Like the body and hormones and all that stuff. I don't want to read all the time about that. So I look at things like what is going to help me think bigger? What's going to help me think differently? Because I think so many people just get caught in their bubble, right? They have their one track mind and they don't explore other areas that they can learn about, whether that's cultures, again, other hobbies that you might want to take on, just learning about a new topic. But listen to people who have the things that you want and listen to them share their stories, learn from their lessons and start thinking differently. Start learning how to think bigger than just your own tunnel vision. Um, The second thing is, and Becca kind of touched on this earlier, is I think it's really important to be a part of a community. I mean, this was instilled in me, and I know it was in you too, Becca, when you were little, you know, being on the dance team, youth group at church, like the business fraternity I was involved in in college, chamber of commerce, you know, when I moved up here, like finding a gym community, coaching events, communities, depending upon what business or industry that you are in that bring you up. Because it's one thing to have, you know, a circle of friends that are supportive and cheer you on, but it's a totally different thing to be in a sea of people working towards the same thing that you're working towards, right? Because sometimes your family and friends, they just don't get it. I know my family doesn't really get entrepreneurship and that's okay. But in turn, I've looked to find other communities, specifically Mm -hmm. even, you know, women entrepreneurs and mompreneurs as well. And I think that's just been really helpful because, Beck and I have shared this before, but being an entrepreneur and working from home, if we didn't have each other, I mean, we feel like we're on an island a lot, you know? (laughs) Um, And so I think that's really important. Whatever it is that you are doing in life, if it's hobbies, if it is, you know, professional, find a community, find a, you know, support system of, again, people that are going to bring you up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In terms of mindset, I think we already touched on this a little bit with like our life hacks and what we you know, preach and what we believe has been very helpful for us to embrace in terms of how we need to live our life. Um, Mindset also, I think, is a very much so how you set up your environment. Mm. Um, There's a great kind of, I I believe it was actually a research study that showed self-discipline levels and the people that planned and prepared and set themselves up for the most success had much more self-discipline than those that kind of just hoped that things would work out. Um, And so I think that a lot of people believe that mindset is this like characteristic that you're born with or this personality trait that some people have and some people don't. I would say that the only thing that might have an influence over it is how you were brought up. Um, I I don't think anyone's born like Taylor, my five month old, I can't tell like, oh yeah, I can tell in her genetics. She's, she's self-disciplined. Like, you, that's not something you're born with. But mm-hmm. my dad was pretty tough on me in sports when I was growing up. I was part of a lot of very competitive teams. And so like that drove self-discipline because you had to work hard. Like you were, you know, you were part of a group that was working hard. And so I think that that tailored to me being more self-disciplined within fitness and sports and nutrition. Um, but I also had to work very hard at preparing my life for catering to what I needed. I had to meal prep on Sundays. I had to weigh and measure all my food. I had to, you know, know what was coming up in my life so that I knew the temptations that were going to happen. And so I think that, you know, mindset wise, a lot of people are like, I just need to like, how do I keep motivation? How do I, you act, Mm -hmm. you act quickly without letting your mind take over and justify. 
and you do things that help you build motivation. Things that don't help you build motivation, giving into the pizza and the wine every time that you feel like having it, eating the burger and fries when you're out to eat because it looks good. Like those, don't, those things don't build self-discipline. Things that build self-discipline, waking up when you don't want to wake up to go work out, like eating the thing that you know is healthier for you when out to eat, even though you might want something more. Like those things help build the mindset up. So again, it's much more around your environment and around how you prepare yourself that helps to build those things and strengthen those things because it is like a muscle, guys. Anyone knows this. Anyone that has gone through different phases of life of being very disciplined and then losing that discipline, you can lose it just as quick as you gain it. Mm-hmm. Like you have to act in the way that you want to feel because otherwise it's just not going to be there. Yeah. And I think this is where it comes down to, you know, setting the non-negotiables for your life, you know, have a plan in place and you just have to commit to them like relentlessly because these are the things that you know, make you a better person. These are the things that you know, help you grow and get further towards your goals. There's two quotes that I wrote down for today to share that really have stuck out with me. And the first time that I ever heard this from Ed Milet, um, it was really kind of life-changing and it made me reflect a lot on some hardships, um, especially when I lost my mom. And the quote is, life happens for you, not to you. And the idea behind this is that so many people take on the victim mentality, right? Like, woe is me. Think just this is my life. Everything happens, you know, to me, all these bad things. But we can find lessons inside of every struggle in life if we choose to. Like, there was a lot of lessons that I learned taking care of my mom, you know, when she had ALS. And then the other quote that I really love is choose to be better or to be bitter. And to me, this resonates because I think about we talk you know, a lot of times about do the hard things and choose your heart, right? It's hard to be overweight. It's hard to be fit because you have to do things and you have to make sacrifices and you have to be disciplined and you have to show up when you don't want to and do things when you don't feel like it. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. And if you are choosing the path of least resistance, you're not learning, you're not growing. And therefore, a lot of people are unhappy, right? And they're bitter towards life. And so I choose to be better every day. That's, uh, you know, another thing that I strive for is how can I be 1% better today than I was yesterday? And I'm not competing against anybody else. I'm competing against myself because that's really the only thing that matters. Yep. And I think when it comes to the gym, which is our next little life hack tips, you have to be following, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you have to be following some type of a program. Mm-hmm. It is very hard to stay motivated when you're just like randomly picking out workouts that you're doing. You're just grabbing things off Instagram. Like, I've been through phases where that's been what I do and I do not work out as hard. It's just, I go and I go through the motions and during certain phases of life, that's fine. But if you want to be better, you need to be following something that's going to make you better. And you guys programming is an art form. It is not something that like you can go and write your own workout. Programming is not easy to do to be able to create the right amount of volume, to be able to create the right amount of balance between pushing and pulling, to be able to keep yourself from injury because a lot of people will just do the movements that they like to do and avoid the ones that they don't like to do. And so it, I, that's why I think that a program needs to be in place because otherwise people will not ever, people will maintain at best, maybe yeah. a little bit of gain here and there, but like you need to do things you don't want to do to get better at things. Yep. A th- Art calls this cherry picking your workouts. 
Oh, and gosh, it's so yeah. true. I mean, if you're scrolling, let's say on Pinterest or Instagram and you're like, oh, that looks hard. I don't want to do that. Let's look at the next thing. You know, you're <laughs> not going to get anywhere. Um, and I think it's also important to work towards a goal. I think having something, you know, kind of as that carrot is important. It, it doesn't have to be, you know, a body physique show. It doesn't have to be a CrossFit competition or a bodybuilding, you know, show or anything like that. Uh, you know, I th- or powerlifting competition, right? But I think it's good to have some goals. Like maybe you want to run a 5K or you want to, you know, get your first pull-up or push-ups, right? Maybe, you know, there's a Tough mutter or something like that that you want to be able to have the endurance and conditioning for, work towards something. You know, mm-hmm. for us, I know for Becca and I both, it's like, okay, I want to increase my strength. And so I'm looking at like my squat numbers, my deadlift numbers, my bench numbers, right? Um, and so I'm always working towards hitting new personal records and, you know, again, making gains essentially. <laughs> yeah. And I would say another thing for this is you don't need as much variety as you think you do. So true. Keep enough variety not to get bored, but you should be for most of your life squatting, deadlifting, pressing, and doing some form of like body weight strength, pull-ups, push-ups, stuff like that. Outside of that, there's some accessory work, you know, RDLs help build a deadlift, you know, lat pull-downs help build pull-ups or like bent over rows help build back muscle. Like there's accessories, but you you basically are going to be squatting, deadlifting, pressing the rest of your life if you're doing it right. Yep. So don't waste your time doing all the crunches. <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. I haven't done a crunch. You know what I did? I did a Peloton workout the other day just because I was like short on time and it it had sit-ups in it. I was like, I can't remember the last time I've done a freaking sit-up. Yeah, I don't know. I think I did one actually in a Peloton workout probably three weeks ago. Yeah. There was a set of crunches, but whatever. A lot of people think that if I do planks or if I do crunches, that's how I'm going to get abs. More core in. Lift heavy. Lift heavy Lift and brace. Heavy and you will feel your core. Breathe properly. We like to say, you know, always be bracing. That that really engages your core and that helps a ton. Oh, yeah. And then just two things that, you know, I think for me have been pretty big game changers over the course of the years is I love lifting with my shoes off. It just really allows me to connect to the floor, to ground, to grip the floor. Cause a lot of times my big toe likes to pop up on my squats and my deadlift. So, um, I really like doing that. And then don't forget mobility. I've learned time and time again, just how important mobility is to keep you feeling good and coming back stronger. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Mom life. Ooh. Oh, mom life. I've only been a mom for three years and I feel like I could already write a book about like the journey of mom life. Um, and you know what phase I, mm-hmm. right now we're like, we're just beyond the newborn phase. Um, Taylor, you know, is figuring her, she's like got a personality now. She's starting to like, you know, she cries when you walk away and like, it's, it's, you, it's so crazy how fast they grow up. Um, you know, the whole quote of like the days are long, the, the weeks are short or the years are short is a thousand percent true. Um, breastfeeding my journey with breastfeeding was so different with my two babies Carson was like a total breeze he we had zero issues zero latch issues zero supply issues and Taylor was a nightmare and it was you know I tried for eight weeks 12 weeks 
And then going back to work, I had to pump and give her a bottle. And I think when she started taking bottles, I don't know, it was just like she basically would scream at my boob. And I was like, well, this is miserable and I'm not putting myself through this. So I exclusively pumped until five months, um, which was actually longer than I thought I was going to make it. Um, And then my supply pretty much plummeted. And so I tried to power pump. I tried, you know, those things. But I was like, I'm not going to kill myself over this. I was an average supplier at best. And so um I stopped with her at five months. Carson, I exclusively breastfed until seven months. And so very different journeys. Um, And what I realized and what I will, you know, it's hard to tell myself in the moment, but what I always tell people is like, do not ruin motherhood trying to breastfeed. Mm -hmm. It is, it's great for your baby. It's not worth you being miserable. And the baby being miserable. You know, no, if, if they don't latch, um, it's very miserable. I was the same. I only have one, and I was the same way with Marcus. I mean, I he was in the NICU, so he didn't have – he was mm-hmm. so tiny. He was um, three pounds, six ounces. He didn't have the power to latch and get, you know, what he needed. And the only way we were getting out of the NICU is to get him to eat, 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 and grow, grow, grow. So we had to supplement. Um, I did. I pumped, and I tried, you know, latching for about three months. And I was probably pumping 14 times a day at one point in time because I was a low supplier, and I talked with, you know, Becca, I talked with some other, you know, mom friends, and there's so much pressure as a new mom to want to be perfect and to supply your baby with, you know, I mean, breast milk is amazing. Everybody knows that. Um, but you have to do what's best for you and your baby. And my sister is a kind of a pediatric NICU nurse um, in Copenhagen. And she just said, you need to focus on having that healthy relationship because I would sit, I would try to feed him and then I would you know, give him a bottle because he didn't get enough for me. And then I would be pumping. And so I never got that connection, you know, of holding him and embracing him. And if you're stressed, they feel that. And I think the most important thing is decide what's right for you and your child and don't feel pressure from the outside world to do one way or the other, because that is best. And, you know, you want to have that good relationship with them. Um, Okay, so I, I just wrote down like some tips. You know, I was really having to think hard about these going back two and a half years ago now. One of the best tips that saved us in the beginning was double layer your crib sheets and your mattress pads for accidents. So you can just, you know, take it off um, in the middle of the night. Marcus, you know, every child does go through a phase of blowouts. Mm-hmm. Not a great phase, um, but that saved us several times, you know, just being able to take the sheet off and the mattress pad and then, you know, the other ones underneath and that's clean. And then I have learned personally too many times, you need to have backup wipes and a backup diaper bag and change of clothes in the car or your spouse's car, like a backup to your diaper bag. Because sometimes like you're in a frenzy and you run out of the house and you're like, oh crap, I forgot the diaper bag. But having that backup bag in the car, um, is really helpful. And especially yes. if they throw up in the car. Always just have wipes. You always need wipes. Yep. Always. That is one thing you cannot forget. The one time I remember we, for Carson's first doctor appointment, we forgot the diaper bag at home. His very first doctor appointment. I was like, <laughs> of course I did. Like, and then um, with, we went out to eat like a couple months ago when Taylor was like maybe three months old, four months old. And she had a blowout at the restaurant and I didn't have, I had like three boogie wipes that were like two years old in the diaper bag because we didn't have what, I was like, of course this is happening. And so luckily we did have a change of clothes, but it was just like, I was like trying to use every inch of these wipes, trying to get this, (laughs) it was so bad. Always have wipes guys, always. Always. And then I would say all the baby needs is for you to love them. Hmm. Like 
it is just, it's, it's so hard because there's so much pressure on moms. And I think being a new mom is just like a really vulnerable time for people. You're vulnerable with your body. You're vulnerable with how you feel, lack of sleep, like everyone's judgments and other people out there do not give opinions to, to mothers unless they ask for them. Mm, preach. That is my one piece of advice. Preach. Because most moms don't want your opinions. I remember being pregnant at the gym and I know you worked at O'Hare CrossFit at the same time that you were pregnant with Carson and man, some of the things you're like, Oh gosh, thank you for this unsolicited advice that I have no idea what you're talking about because this baby is not even here yet. Everyone wants to tell you the worst possible things about motherhood. Oh, be ready to never sleep again. Like what? Oh my gosh. That's so horrible. Like, why would you say that? Yes, I know. So many comments. Oh gosh! Oh, your your vagina is never going to be the same. Oh, I feel like that's really overstepping. I don't know. (laughs) Oh yes. Anyways, um, yeah, I I I couldn't agree more. I think one of the things you know that a lot of people would say, and how many times have you heard this? Sleep when the baby sleeps. I know for me that never happened. It wasn't true because I was trying to either you know do a workout or just have some time to myself because I was exhausted from being, you know, with him all the time or pumping or whatever. And just, just remember to enjoy the moments. I think that's one thing, you know, when we have our second one, I really want, like you, you know, took the couple months off. Like I really want to embrace the first couple of months because looking back with Marcus being in the NICU for nearly two weeks, I felt like, you know, things were just all over the place. The emotions were all over the place. And I was new mom on top of, you know, now being in the NICU and scared bringing him home. You know, you think you hear them crying or moving or whatever, and you're, you know, wide awake and stuff like that. But just know like everything will get done. Um, You know, laundry, dishes, ask for help. That's one thing that I would say to new moms. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Also know that if you want to sit in your car and cry it out, sit in your car and cry it out. If you want to scream, you can scream. You have every right to do this. You have carried this child. You have birthed this child. And there are a lot of frustrating moments, but there are so many precious moments as well. I screamed last week. And hung up on your husband. <laughs> I hung up on Nick after I yelled at him. And I also, that that was the same day that I just screamed. I was sitting in the kitchen. I was sitting in the um, bathroom after I was like, was putting on makeup and I just <laughs> screamed. I was like, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's been a journey the past couple of weeks. Okay. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Next question. Food substitution. So we put a couple ideas in here because we weren't really sure like where this question was stemming from, um, what to use, maybe like healthier alternatives. Um, so we will, I know Liz, I'll let you start with the thickeners and creamers. Liz is much more of a cook chef than I am. (laughs) I follow recipes pretty well and I keep it pretty basic. Liz, Liz is like, she's like a mad scientist. I like creating things. I like, like the pineapple jalapeno hummus. I was like, we're making pineapple jalapeno burgers. I have pinto beans. I am craving hummus. Let's make pineapple, you know, just, um, yeah, I like putting things together. So I wasn't exactly sure what they meant because there's so many different food substitutions, right? When we think about soy sauce, you can use coconut aminos. Um, when you think about flours, you can use, you know, gluten-free flour. If you're following a gluten-free diet, um, coconut flour, uh, almond flour. I personally don't like those as much as just like the one-to-one regular gluten-free flour, depending upon the recipe. I've tried many times with coconut flour and I find that it just dries things out. It soaks up um, the moisture and I 
don't want to eat, you know, dry food, um, you know, dry muffins and stuff like that. So I put down some things here in terms of if you are looking for, you know, like a thickener or a creamer for something and you're following more of a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, I personally use arrowroot starch or tapioca starch in place of cornstarch. Tapioca is made from cassava root and has a low content of natural resistant starch, which is great for gut health. Xanthan and guar gum are very important ingredients, um, also in gluten-free baking. So if you are using a gluten-free flour, I usually use King Arthur's because it's just a blend. They already have that in there. So if you find a recipe and it says gluten-free flour and then it has the xanthan gum or something, you can disregard that because you're going to have it just in the mix. Um, Outside of this, uh, I'm thinking about, you know, dairy-free things. I like to use coconut cream in place of heavy cream. So I have a really great autumn squash soup recipe in Fit Cookery. I have a tomato bisque in there. And both of those use heavy cream or sorry, coconut cream in place of heavy cream for a dairy-free option. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked a lot about condiments and stuff before on the podcast. Uh, we love love Primal Kitchen. Chosen. Chosen brand, Primal Kitchen. Sir Kensington's has great ketchups and sriracha mayonnaise and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Um, I like making my own mayonnaise sometimes, or I do a lot of like, I'll make my own chimichurri sauce and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just to help flavor foods a little bit more. And then other substitutions that I was thinking about is like, I try to substitute, you know, cereal. We utilize Catalina Crunch as like one of our magic spoons, another one. So we like, I live into the world of if I want to have these things, can I just have like a maybe slightly healthier version the majority of the time, especially if they're going to be in my day to day regularly? Like if I'm going to have cereal every few days because I have it like after a workout or as a snack, then I want a better version. If, you know, I'm out to eat and it's like the best burger place ever, I'm going to get a burger on a regular bun. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain times where I don't try to substitute things, but you know, we eat sweet potato fries a couple times a week. Maybe I'll, I make them at home with my own sweet. Like, I try to make it as much as can I use as many whole food ingredients as possible. Um, because if you want to enjoy those things, enjoy them, but maybe we can just make them a little bit better for your body to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And outside of that, the only other thing that I was thinking about is like, <laughs> Pasta substitutions, you know, we've all seen like the veggies and you can do the butternut squash spirals. You can do the zucchini squash spirals and stuff like that. I'm really over the whole cauliflower thing because they've taken cauliflower and turned it into like every replacement possible. Um, But I just think when I'm shopping at the grocery store, how much is coming in a box or a label? Like I would say minimize your labels and try to stick with one ingredient whole foods as Becca was saying. But when you are purchasing things that, you know, are convenient and processed. We get that. You're going to need those things. Just read the labels and be aware of added sugars. That's a big one for me. And then I'm always cautious if it's a laundry list of ingredients, I'm probably going to stay away from that because that's a lot of preservatives. It's a lot of you know ingredients that are known carcinogens and just the body isn't going to tolerate well. And so I want to minimize my exposure to those things. Not saying that I don't ever use processed things because I absolutely do, including protein bars, but just read the labels and start to educate yourself a little bit on what these ingredients are and things. Mm-hmm. All right. We got a last couple questions. Um, how to not let stress take over your life and decisions. This is, this is very challenging because I think that a lot of times people get wrapped up into stress is their life. You guys, everyone has stress in their life. No one is void of stress. Like, 
especially when you have kids and you have other humans that you're worrying about and taking care of and like, you know, making sure that you're bringing these children up to be better, better humans in this world. And then for you, like the stress of keeping your marriage in a good place or your relationship, the stress of your own journey with health and fitness, the stress of work, like there is always going to be stress and stress is relative in my opinion. Mm -hmm. What I think is most important is you have to have things that counterbalance the stress. You have to have things in place in your day to day that are going to make you more resilient to stress. And I personally believe exercise and a fit, fit, healthy body is one of the best ways to combat stress, both physical stress and mental and emotional stress. And I think Tony Robbins and Ed Milet talk about Mm -hmm. this on the podcast quite a bit. Um, They just recently did a podcast together and they talked about you cannot be mentally strong if you are not physically strong. And I 100% agree. Yeah, because you build mental toughness when you're building strength. And we're going to do a podcast on that too, about Mm -hmm. how to think, you know, when you are lifting and you're approaching your workout and stuff like that. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks here. But I just, for me, at the end of the day, I always try to reframe because I know in the past, my mind would spiral, right? I'll take you back to like, if I was at Target and my boss, you know, called and wanted to have a meeting, I'm spiraling. Like, did I do something wrong? You know, Um, am I going to get written up? I don't know. I would just think of like the worst case scenario. And then it was always something, you know, good or just, you know, challenging me in a new way, which was awesome. But I know a lot of people struggle with this, right? When they get stressed, it starts to spiral them in, you know, a lot of other areas too. They start to make excuses, rationalizations for things. And I think the biggest thing is stay in your routine, That's just one thing that has helped me time and time again. When I'm really stressed, I try to go for my walks because that is a stress reliever. It's something that counterbalances the stress to take a break, to separate myself from all of the inputs. Uh, I try to stay in my routine because I know me not showing up for myself isn't going to make anything better. If I show up for myself, then I feel more resilient to the stress. I feel, you know, better equipped to stay patient, to be more clear headed and things like that. And so I just think you have to do your best to stay in your routine. And if you feel that it's selfish, then you need to be selfish. I don't feel that it's selfish to stay in my routine and to prioritize myself. Communicate with other people too. You know, tell your husband, hey, I'm feeling really stressed about this and talk through it instead of holding it in and then exploding. I've done that in the past. Not a great way to handle things. So I don't recommend doing that. I've learned a lot in my marriage and other relationships in life that communication is key because they don't know what's going on in our mind. They don't know what stress we're feeling and vice versa. So in my marriage too, I'm always asking my husband, how was your day? Is there anything I can help you with? Anything that you want to talk through? You know, how are you doing? Versus always just asking for things. I try to ask, you know, him, what does he need? How is he feeling? And I think that's really important um, in any relationship. It doesn't even have to be your spouse. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads us into our last question of how do you manage all the things day to day? Um, You know, it just becomes your new normal. I think a lot of people see what Liz and I do and our coaches do. And it's like, how do you do so much? And it's like, well, I, we plan quite a bit and we are open to pivoting. That's what Liz wrote this down. And it's so true. Like plan and pivot, be ready to pivot because I, I joked about this last week on the podcast. Like, I don't know anyone that has a perfect day. Let me know if you have perfect days where nothing goes goes wrong or doesn't go as you planned it, because that never happens to me. Like, I always have to be ready to pivot my day. And so anxiety and overwhelm are driven by inaction. Everyone has a lot on their plate. 
But the people that handle it better are people that time block those things. They plan, they make to-do lists, they apply those to-do lists to their day. They time block hour by hour. What am I doing? Liz and I live off of our Google calendars. Like I know every hour of every weekday at least. And on the weekends, I have a general idea of like, what am I doing? When am I eating? What am I eating? When am I going to work out? When am I going to have downtime? Like when are all of these things happening? Because otherwise none of it's happening. And that is for sure. That's what I've noticed. If I don't plan those things and if I don't communicate them too to my husband, if I need his help with them, it won't happen. Absolutely. Especially with kids, things just change. But yeah, those were my two words. I wrote down plan and pivot and we plan down to the times that we're going to go for a walk down to the times that we're going to go for, you know, go eat, right. Or go get our nails done. Like we literally plan everything. Our doctor's appointments get in our calendar, our hair appointments, the nail appointments, like things, self-care. Because honestly, if I don't schedule it in, it doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. Like I had seen my hairstylist in probably five months when I was there last week. We were talking about it. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I haven't been here since September because I just don't think about those things. Like my hair doesn't need to be cut every six weeks. That's mm-hmm. just not the way. But if I don't put it on my calendar to take time for myself, create space, I'll get into you know a work project and then all of a sudden it'll be 3 p.m. and I haven't left my computer. So I think it's really, really important to have a plan for your day, have a plan for your weekends. Beck and I have a general plan. I know for me, you know, I have my workouts planned out. I communicate with my husband. What appointments do we have? Where do we want to take Marcus? When are we grocery shopping? When are we meal prepping? Things like that. So, and then just know that nothing is ever going to go the way that you want it to all the, all the time. And so you just have to take it in stride and breathe through it pivot and things will get done. A great question that I will leave you guys with that I have had to ask myself a lot as I've worked on my mindset over the past few years is like, Becca, would you want to be around yourself right now? And you got to just sometimes self-evaluate. Like if things aren't going your way in a day and you're really not a happy person, like try and take a step back, look at it from an objective point of view and, you know, take a step out of your own body try to reevaluate, get, get some fresh air, read something positive and uplifting and move on with your day. Yep. All right, cool. Let's wrap it up. Have a great day, guys. We'll be back on Wednesday and we'll talk to y'all soon. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.